Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast, where each week we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. The doors are open, the lights are on. We're we're all sitting up at the bar. We've brought with us a actress, a producer, a teacher, an educator, voice actress, stunning beauty from a, one of the best TV shows that have ever been on TV. And I'm going to have to geek out on a show that she was on in 2019. She only did one episode in 2019, but it's one of my favorite shows and my wife's favorite shows. See if, look, I'm a big fan of this show. What is she it? doesn't even know who it is. <laughs> well, we brought, see, that'll tell you right there. That's how much she's doing. And, I, <laughs> and she's on probably what I think right now is one of, did a couple episodes of one of the hottest animes out there that every time i turn around it's popping up so we brought and and i thank her for fixing the way i was going to pronounce her name and and i was ready and google almost jacked me up so we got with us today miss gloria garua hey sean say gloria do you know do you know how big of a snowfall fan i am Oh, that's the show. I love Snowfall. Really? Oh, I'm so glad I was on your favorite show. <laughs> I put snow, like, so I don't like Breaking Bad. I've tried. Oh, I love Breaking Bad. See, I, I try. I'm, and I'm the guy who every time I told somebody this, you got to keep watching. I watched four seasons of it, binged four seasons. Oh. And I sat there and everybody's like, don't you love it? I'm like, no, I could care less. If every character on this show died off, I could care <laughs> I could get two two shits. It means nothing to me. Well, in that case. (laughs) What? I'm like, yes, but I love Justified. I love. I've never seen Justified. Oh, highly recommend it. Timothy Oliphant um, as as Raylan Givens, which is getting ready to come back with a a whole new series on it after that one ended. So you like dark crimes and thrillers. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like I All love right. the Sopranos. I, I was a fan of The Wire in the Corner and, and uh, Homicide Life on the Street. Yeah, I definitely like those shows. I don't yeah. know these shows. I know I've heard of them, just I haven't watched them. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm glad I was on your favorite show. I got you to shoot a gun. Your, <laughs> definitely, were on my favorite show. So, well, thank you for coming out here with us, folks. We're going to be talking about acting, what it's like to become an actor, and you know, Gloria's got her own acting school. And I think it's it's great to be able to talk to her about this. And this is something I really want to get into because as a parent of way too many kids, and I think all my kids were cute at some point, we all get into the whole, um, oh, well, I'm going to I'm gonna send my kid off to, to modeling. And it wasn't until I had a friend who was like, if they ask you to pay for headshots, they're really not interested in you. Mm. And I really want to talk about that with acting okay. like what are yeah. some of the things we need to, because a lot of parents, we think, oh, well, my kid acts a fool. Maybe I could get him into acting and we, we could be fine then and we'll be set for life. It'd be like a Webster moment, but so yeah. I think it's worth it. So, but let's get we'll some get house. Clean. Yeah, we're definitely going to get into that. So let's yeah. get some house cleaning done. So over my shoulder, folks, 
for those of you that have never watched watched the live show, that's our big sign for sticker and a cause. Maybe you have your own acting school. Maybe you got you know something you're supporting, a podcast, a band, a comic book. I don't care what it is. Make sure you reach out to us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, TikTok, even our email. It's all the above the bar podcast. Send me a message. Drop me a note. Let me know what you got going on. I'll give you the address, where to send the item to. We'll read about it live on the air for free, some free advertisement for you, because that's the only way this thing grows. We support each other, do for others what you'd want them to do for you. So make sure you reach out to us. The other thing is maybe your media is acting a little flat and you need to go ahead and get it into classes. Well, make sure you reach out to media by dibs. That's D-I-B-S. You can reach out to dibs on Instagram or you can reach out to him on Facebook at media by dibs or you can reach out to him on his uh. LinkedIn is Andrew Dibble, D-I-B-B-L-E. And you let him know that you're here to belly up to the bar. He's going to give you a 10% discount on your first order and a free consultation. That's media by dibs. All right, Gloria, how was that? Like, what do you? That was like you... expert. I'm proud of you for being a, a promo announcer. You should be giving me tips. <laughs> I mean, I mean, can I, am I, I mean, can I at least do like used cars? Like at least used cars? Hell yeah. You got a good voice for that. Like, I feel like that needs like, like a gruffy strong voice you definitely have that <laughs> i'm just trying to make sure i mean because because if this whole other stuff don't work out i may have to you know go right into it plan b <laughs> and plan b and we've got everybody out there brendan i'm thanks for sticking with us brendan was joining us on tiktok as we did our pre-show on tiktok for 20 minutes he joined us over there and we're all open he's he's out here D dibs is uh just recently moving so he's getting himself together uh, and nate's already joined us Google does love to mess up voice, mess up names. He's on the Yellowstone kick. That's an interesting one. What do you think about Yellowstone? Because like there's that show comes out and now there's two spinoffs before that one. I haven't seen Yellowstone. Ask me an easier question. <laughs> I haven't watched it either. I, I haven't watched any of it, but it's like there's Yellowstone. There's one called, I think, 1923 and 1899 or something like that. They're all from that same series. I love drama, but I've been watching some comedy lately. Well, actually, that's not true. I recently saw um, Fleshman's in Trouble, which what is on is Hulu. Oh, it's with Jesse Eisenberg and Claire Danes. And, you know, I like to finish something. If I start it, I want to finish it. So it, it only has one season. And Claire Danes does such a good job. I mean, sometimes I just, like, watch these great performances, and they stay in my subconscious, and I'll have dreams about them. But my, my goal is to stay inspired. So if I see a great show with a great actress and she's doing a great job, I just think to myself, be like her for your next audition. You know, she's just doing a kick-ass job in that role. Well, she's definitely, crying. I mean, has she ever, like she's one of those actresses that have been around for so long that she just gets, get cat. Like, I feel like there's some that just, here, here's a script that we know is going to, going to pay off. We know it's going to pay off. So here you go. But, you know, the, I heard an interesting thing that there was a time where she wasn't working and she actually thought about switching her career and becoming an interior designer. And when I read that, I thought, awesome, she's normal like the rest of us. Because we go through lulls as an actor, and I think that's the, the, the people only see the glamorous part or they just see you working and they don't understand the hustle behind the scenes and you often go times without working. So, you know, we're normal and we have insecurities and you go too long without a job and you're like, should I be doing something else? But then you book the next job and you're like, ha ha, I'm redeemed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's the redeeming. For well, I used to work for Amtrak and work in the Hudson line. Mm. I would see actors and actresses all the time. Like it was 
they all leave New York City on a Friday and go up to Hudson, New York. If you didn't know that, that's where all of them go. Um, oh, that's, that's the, what I need to do. <laughs> Hudson, Hudson, New York, maybe Rhinecliff. But Rhinecliff was only for um, what's his the only one I ever saw get off anywhere near Rhinecliff. And I'm blanking on a name right now. Played Negan, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Look at you. Name dropping. You're I, better than I am. <laughs> I, oh, I, I'll tell you one. Um, it, so I'll tell on myself. Family knows this story. I'm going to tell on myself. Never told this story on the air, I don't think. So I'm going to okay. tell on myself. It's the first. Sarah, Paul, Sarah Paulson. Oh, I love her. She's amazing. Probably one of the sweetest and, and nice. Oh, good to hear. Yay. She she is genuine. Her and um God, I can't think of his uh Damian Lewis. Um oh I worked with him. Again, uh, another life. great that was the name of the show. Oh, yeah. Were you, were you in life? I did an episode. Yeah. I mean, this is going back. Listen so if you me. have any young readers, they're like, what the heck is life? But Listen, <laughs> hold on. Gloria, I missed that when you're on. You did? It should be on my IMDb. Yes, I, I just I just missed it because I saw Snowfall. And um okay. but I promise you, life to me at that time was one of the best shows on TV. It had such a great concept, and for whatever reason, it just did not get the traction that it deserved. Mm -hmm. And that was the villain in that was um God. He Isn't was actually, Damian Lewis or no? no? No, Damian Lewis was the main character. He was the redheaded he was a detective, uh, yeah. Detective that went to jail yeah. for a crime he didn't commit and they gave him millions of dollars. God, and came you remember out. these details? That show's old. <laughs> but, but, oh, God, I can't think of his name. He, Let and me I look it up. Him. The main villain, he was on, uh, he's on, was on Fear the Walking Dead and he died two seasons ago. He was in, uh, Hand of God. He played the, uh, kind of the enforcer on Hand of God. Um, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal? No, no, it wasn't Jake Gyllenhaal. This is the right hole, uh, right? Oh, yeah, but, I don't know. But oh, I didn't realize you were on Life. So Life was a great show. Yeah. Okay. My Sarah, I was on Life. Yeah. <laughs> my, Sarah Paul, my Sarah Paulson story is, uh, mm -hmm. she got on my train in Hudson. Yeah. And she's coming up to the door, and I, I looked, and I'm like, that's Sarah Paulson. I know that Sarah Paulson. I, I, I remember all the stuff she's done. So I'm like. I was like, go ahead and go up. I'll pass your bag up to, to you. And she goes, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. I said, you need to hang out with better people. Yeah. <laughs> she has, I, people do nice things for her all the time. It just, it just blurted out of my mouth. It's like, you need to hang out with better people. And I thought about it afterwards. I was like, that was kind of an asshole thing to say. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. You were being sweet. Sarah Paulson. When was this? So this would have been 2019. Oh, so this was not that long ago. Okay. No. Okay. Oh, God. I'm telling you, they all ride the train into from the city into Hudson. Uh, one of our conductors made uh, Drew Barrymore cry at one point in time, but it, not in a mean way. In all of her people, way? the train was getting ready to pull off in Hudson. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. All of her people had already got on, and she couldn't find her ticket. And uh, you'd have to know the guy. He was a nice guy, but he was all – you want to talk about grumbly. And, <laughs> and finally – he was like, just get on the train. And he didn't realize who it was. And she was in tears. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Of course. Who would have well, let Drew Barrymore on their train? Well, she gets on and somebody goes, dude, do you know who that was? He's like, no, I don't, I don't know who that is. Oh, so he was just being nice. He was yeah. just being nice. And um, yeah. And that, let's see. I I got so many stories about like celebrities on trains. <laughs> and me making <laughs> myself. Um, 
I can't think of her name right now. Um, she was in the movie Kids and in um, uh, Chloe Sauvigny. Yes. Yeah. Is she nice too? She's amazing. She's such a good person. Um, but I'm gonna tell you my Chloe story, and then we're gonna go into your stuff. But you'll... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I gotta tell you my Chloe. Tell me about Chloe. So, pack train. Our head car. The air conditioning broke on it. Oh. Summertime in Hudson. Oh. Yeah. It was hot. So everybody's moved back. They're they're all packed together. So um I'm sitting next to the conductor and I said to him, I was like, hey man, the other day, uh Chloe Sauvignon, and I couldn't pronounce her last name. And he's like, I was like, she almost got on my train. I was it was the wrong train. He was like, he's normally a really talkative guy. And he's like looking at me like, mm-hmm. And like just kind of blowing me off. Uh-huh. This is weird. I mean, did I piss him off or something? <laughs> So the train goes all the way into into the city. We get done. We sweep the train. He pulls out his cell phone and shows me a picture of her kissing him on the cheek. I was like, dude, when was that? He goes, remember the blonde that was sitting behind you when you were like Chloe Sovan, whatever, you know, I don't know what it is about her. She's so hot, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> Remember when you said that? Was, I was like, yeah. He goes, she rides all the time. I've talked to her many times. Oh, <laughs> and he goes, you're an ass. I was like, oh, oh she was behind you the whole time. I love it. <laughs> so she didn't kiss you. She's like, she's talking about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not at all. Oh, well, he showed you up. <laughs> absolutely, one hundred. Yeah. So, well, I, so you've been into acting. How far back does this go for you? I know. IMDB will give you a date, but for you, truly, how far does it go back? Well, I started acting when I was four, but just for fun. Um, but I always knew innately. Um, but professionally, I would say it started at 17 or 18, because that's when I went to college and I majored in acting um, and started making money at it as soon as I graduated. So 21. So, I mean, your audience can look up my age later. I don't I don't like ever talking about that, but uh, I've been doing it a long time. Well, you're <laughs> and, seven, I thought. Yeah, I'm young. I'm young, young in spirit. Look, look if, if, for those of you that aren't watching the live, I'm not fibbing. If you look at Gloria and you don't think she's a, probably somewhere between 27 to 29. Thank you. Know, you. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's hard for my agent sometimes because uh, I don't look like what the typical person looks like at this age. <laughs> and they're like, no, seriously, you have to see her. She doesn't look that age. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Well, so I've been doing this for a long time. Um, yeah, and the plan is to keep doing it till I die. I That's, tell people yeah. all the time, you can act at any age, right? I mean, characters are all ages. That's true. I mean, and, and you've been in, like, I mean, you, you've you definitely been in some some pretty big stuff, you know, you fun stuff, too, like Fun with Dick and Jane. You were yeah, in yeah, Fun with Dick and Jane, 2004 or 5. Um, yeah, so like for an actor's career, we never know. We, we're in this for longevity, right? But we never know what the next job is. You would just hope that one job leads to the next job. And sometimes a leading role doesn't lead to a leading role. You might, be, you might go from a lead to a guest star again. Or um, usually the trajectory doesn't bring you back to a co-star. But it's just you have to just follow the wave of, of the industry. Um, I've managed to stay aboard, <laughs> you know, and stay alive and get really good things and get on things that are hot when you're on them, which is what you want to do. I mean, when I got on Grey's Anatomy, that show was only in its fourth season. 
Um, it's on its like hundredth season now, right? But right. it was a hot show at the time. And I stayed on there for three years. When I got on How to Get Away with Murder, it was a hot show at the time. So if you can get on something that's trending, it's really good for your career, you know? Because oh, yeah. if you get on something that you don't know what it is, it's new, let's say it's an independent movie and it does great, blows up, good for you, but you just never know, right? You don't know where something's going to end up. So if you can get on something while it's already hot, much better for your career. Yeah. Now, now you, and we kind of talked about this at the beginning, you've done voice acting, you've done TV, you've done movies. Of those three, what has been for you, what, like if you had to pick one, and you were, somebody said, hey. On camera, always. So always. I always wanted to be Wow, there was in no person. hesitation. No, no, no. no. So um, my voiceover career has really blown up this year, to be honest with you. So I started in theater, as most actors do, because it's the it's the easiest thing to do, right? You, you join a play. Um, and that's where I got my bug. And then I went into college and studied acting in college. But in, in college, we didn't do a lot of on-camera stuff. We did a lot of theater. And I'm born and raised in New York City. So that's you know, the place of a lot of theater, right? So I did tons of theater when I graduated. And then when I moved to the West Coast with a theater job, not a TV job, um, I was like, I better learn how to act on TV because isn't that what LA does? So I learned the art later in my career and, and I succeeded. It took a minute though, because I was so big and broad and always projecting. Um, but I've always wanted to do face stuff. And um, I always wanted to do stage and stick to stage. Now stage doesn't pay very well, but it's, it's very satiating for an artist. So um, I love doing plays and theater work, musicals, but the on-camera stuff just pays better in general, unless you're doing Broadway or a regional tour or something like that. So I just stuck with that to pay the bills at first. And then my resume just kept growing and growing and growing. And then the voiceover stuff started popping in. Voiceover is hard to break into. Um, I'm not even quite sure I have fully broken into it myself. I've just gotten lucky and booked several things. Um, but there's a lot that I do that people don't know. For example, I do a lot of dubbing, you know, so something that's already been uh, shot in another language and they need someone to do it in English. And that is such a thrill for me, being able to look on camera, on screen, I mean, and match the flaps of the actor who's speaking and and give the same emotion that they're giving. So if they're crying, I'm crying. If they're sad, I'm sad. If they're laughing, I'm laughing. But you also have to keep the same cadence, the intensity. And all of this is happening on the spot. You're not rehearsing this in advance. It's happening in the moment. You're just matching the performance as best as you can. So I've done a lot of dubbing, which is where a lot of my income comes from. And um, I'm just always pursuing the on-camera stuff. And then it's always interesting to know what I've auditioned for that I haven't landed, right? Because people get impressed by what you book, but then I'm like, oh, but if you only knew what I auditioned for last week <laughs> that I didn't get, and I'm not allowed to talk about it because of those darn NDAs. But I'm just so grateful to get in the room because honestly, to get the appointment, means you have to have a good team in place. It also means you have to have earned that place, right? So by now I've earned a place in this casting office. So you're in the conversation. So I'm in the conversation. And it's really nice when you're top three, right? And you're signing a contract because you're one of the contenders, you know? And, and when you get to that point, it's so exciting, nerve wracking, but it's exciting. You have to get a lawyer at that point to, you know, negotiate your deal. And you know, it's just between you and a few other people at that point. So, um, and then, and then you can lose it. You know, there's a lot of those deals that I've gotten to and then haven't been the choice. Right. So people just see 
what they see that I've gotten, but all the work we put in as actors. But here's the thing. If you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work, right? That's the truth right there. Well, <laughs> and, you know, you bring up a great point, you know, about that, how to become your journey sounds like it was very education driven. I guess it almost sounds like finished mm -hmm. school. You were doing yeah. it when you were younger, go and take the, the college courses that are going to teach you the yeah. foundational things. How do you feel that for you that compares to, you know, you hear the stories of, so I was at the gas station just right. pumping some gas and they were like, Psh. like, like, uh, what is it? Vin Diesel there. You always hear the, Oh the, God, the, listen, you know. nothing makes me matter. <laughs> it doesn't mean they don't deserve it. And it doesn't mean they're not talented, but when you study this and you know that this is your passion and then someone just kind of gets it, it's a little frustrating, right? But I should hope that they know what they have and that they develop the skill, even if it comes in a flipped way for them. But yeah, my, my way was always educational. And I think that's because I wasn't, like I said earlier on, I knew innately I wanted to be an actor, but I didn't know how to do it. So my course was always be a doctor. So I was always just paying attention to school, doing well in school, thinking that that was the way to succeed in life. And then in college, I was like, I don't want to study that. I'm going to study this theater thing. So, I, you know, I spent a lot of money studying theater, but I'm glad I did because I'm really um, not just good at it in the, in the creative aspect, but I understand the analytical side of it, which I think is what makes me be a good teacher, too. And um, not everyone that is an actor can teach it because it's this intangible art form, right? Um, that Someone can feel the emotion, but not quite know how to stir that emotion in someone else. So by now I've had enough practice teaching that I can look at an individual and see what they bring to the table, which I think is the key to teaching. You can't have a general template for teaching. You have to know what you're teaching, but then you have to modify based on, you know, the individual in front of you. Yeah. Teach, so teach it's interesting you, you found that, that yeah, my, my course was an educational way. Yeah. That's interesting. It's funny you say that stirring that emotion, my wife and I say it all the time that we know if someone is a good actor, if we hate their character, especially like villainy <laughs> characters, like we'll watch shows. Yeah. And when that character comes on the screen, yeah. I know I need to watch them, <laughs> but I so want to fast forward to not deal with them. But what if you love the character? Are they a good actor? But that, yeah. So that's, yeah. A, that's the other side to it. Like, yeah. like I, I, I was a big walk. I'm a big walking dead fan. My wife and I are huge walking dead fans. So Andrew Lincoln in Walking Dead, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Negan, those characters to me, like, love those characters. But we watched, um, I can't think of the show, we just, re we just recently watched something, I can't remember what it was, and it was a female actress, and she played Dr. Smith, uh, Lost uh, in Space, Lost in Space. Okay. The girl who played Dr. Smith. And you and I haven't watched the same shows. We have to find something that we both right, know. Let me see. What, what, what do you watch? So you watch the one uh, right well, now. I'm looking at my, my own resume on IMDb. I'm like, is there anything that I've done that you like other than Snowfall? Okay. Let's see. Let's go back. All right. I got your IMDb right here. Don't. Now, yeah, because now, I forget the stuff I've done. I have to look at my own resume. <laughs> this is your. Look, you know you made it when you got a Wikipedia. Let's start with that. Um, <laughs> I, I did like The Shield. Say yeah, like okay, like that. Okay, okay, okay. Um, let's let's start with that. I mean, because you're like understand, folks. As as we're we're sitting here and we're joking around about Gloria. And look, if you haven't, Gloria uh, Garua 
Com. That's G-L-O-R-I-A-G-A-R-A-Y-U-A. There's a lot of A's in that. Dot com. <laughs> Make sure you're checking Gloria out. Her IG is, is the same name, Gloria Garua, and that's G-A-R-A-Y-U-A. Make sure you're following on her. Make sure you're checking out what she's she's got going on. But I, I'm telling you, when I joke, you know, we're joking around about what she's been on and, and things of that nature. Her resume is long. It yeah, is, but we got to talk about some of my current stuff because we've mentioned a lot of my old stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but I've worked well, since well, Dick and Jane and Shameless and She-Old. Well, you're, and- you're, you've got home video. That's, that just came out. The so that's a, a new independent short that I did. Yeah. And that's a great, you know what? I wanted to ask you about independent stuff if, if uh-huh. I can. I, I recently saw an interview and it was like Matt Damon or somebody like that. And they were talking about a lot of those things like that, the independent real heartstring pulling things that the bigger studios used to be willing to, to kind of put some money behind. Mm -hmm. He said, that's dead because, Mm -hmm. because the, the money's not there anymore for the distribution. It's going to be Netflix. It's going to be one of those kind of things for it to get distributed. How do you feel about that? I I feel that it's not dead. I, I just feel that he has a point in that there's not a lot of money in it. That's why I mentioned earlier, you never know where something's going to go. Because the thing is, you have to have backing, you have to have financial backing and producing films is, you know, not a guaranteed return until it succeeds. Right. So that's why they like to hire these huge names that can automatically bring a huge following. uh, Or that's why they need more than one production house to fund films. So when you go to the theater and the opening is starting and you see like, Oh, Lionsgate and Imagine TV Entertainment or like it just goes on because sometimes they need more than one to fund. Right. So these indies they're everything needs money and the indies struggle to get it. So someone will write something and then it's, it's a long trajectory sometimes to get someone to even produce it. It finally gets produced and then it goes to the film festivals. Maybe it wins a few awards. It finally gets some attention. Maybe it gets a distribution deal. I mean, sometimes by the time people see or hear of movies, this movie could have gone through like years of development, right? Really? So I don't think it's dead. It's just that it's harder to get off the ground. Um, so that independent there, I was asked to be part of it. And I was just so grateful for that. I belong to a writer's group, which actors do things like this all the time, where someone like me who has a career, you know, you're hungry for artistry, right? Because I, if I haven't booked in a while, but I'm auditioning all the time, but I really want to sink my teeth into something good, then, you know, I might do something like a writer's group where I'll work with writers who write stuff and want their words heard out loud. So I'll do that maybe once a week or whenever I have time. And this particular uh, director liked my work and said, you know, I have this idea for a project. Will you be in it? So that's what that one was. And so I try not to say no to things because, again, you never know where things end up. Just right? and, and Brendan would like to know, and I think this is a very fair question. What was one of your biggest bloopers or funniest moments that you've had <laughs> on a set or something like what sticks out to you? Oh God. Um, I have a, a sad story here. Uh, when I did reckoning, which is a huge series that unfortunately yeah. didn't get very far, but it was on Netflix for a short period of time. It just did one season. When, when we did the rap party and they showed the bloopers, I only had two freaking bloopers. And that's because I'm such a damn professional that I don't want to mess up. And then there was nothing on the bloopers reel. And I'm like, you know what? I need to mess up more and have more fun. So that was a wonderful learning experience for me. Um, but I think 
the thing is that as an actor, when you get hired on a show, you want to be the success story. You want to be someone's savior. You want to be someone that they go, you know, we hired this girl. She nailed it. We want to bring her back, right? Make her recurring. And so I've just been trained so often to not mess up that I don't have a lot of bloopers. Um, things that are funny that may have happened, they're just things that happen naturally on set. Like I did this pilot for ABC that didn't get picked up called Fluffy Shop. Fluffy Shop with Gabriel Iglesias, the comedian. And we had tons of funny moments. And if anyone listening knows how sitcoms work, jokes are rewritten all the time. You memorize a joke and then you better let it go and memorize another one. No, so it's fun and exhausting for your brain. But um, I mean, just lots of funny moments like that when you nail a joke and then they rewrite it and you just have to let it go. Um, or I guess a blooper could be when you just can't get something out of your mouth and the darn thing comes out like a tongue twister. And um, yeah, but I, I don't have any funny moments because I'm a what freaking pro, like unfortunately. Sounds <laughs> like you're having a good time. And, and my buddy George, he's got a show called The Outlaws Podcast. He wants to know, like, how do you get paid in movies? Does it depend on the release? Because I heard you just say that's kind of I'm glad he brought that up. You know, you mentioned, you know, hey, top three, I'm signing contracts, things how of that. How do you get paid? OK, so you have to be hired to play the role first to get paid. Okay. We don't get paid for auditions, which is a misconception. We do not get paid for auditions. So, I, you know, if I'm busting my ass auditioning five days a week for leading roles, I'm just busting my ass for free. <laughs> because no one's paying me for that. You only get paid when you get the job, right? And then you have to complete the job. So you can, let's say you get the job and then for some reason production shoots down the project and it never even happens. You're not going to get any money, right? Really? So you have to actually shoot the thing and then you should be getting a paycheck and that's all worked out by your agent, manager. Uh, if you have a business manager, they're on top of that. Um, and then you're going to get your your paycheck as you work, but then there are be residuals afterwards if it's a union gig um and then depending on the deal that your agent works out for you you might see some back-end money as well um but yeah as a professional actor you should be getting paid for your services i think in the very beginning of everyone's career we do some stuff for free just to get stuff on our resume meet people network but um we all have bills to pay and mouths to feed and we you know we gotta get paid for this which is why the union exists so that we can get you know, a living wage. And that's why residuals exist because if an actor hasn't seen work in a while, they could at least pay their bills based on the millions that these shows are making off of our images. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't imagine what, you know, you, and you can tell me I'm not going to answer, but I'm curious. Any points for grace? Any did points, get, meaning residuals? Yeah. Like, did you get points like in your contract? Like I know some actors get points based on, reruns and stuff like that what are points i don't know that term. Percentage, percentage points on, on the uh... oh oh no when i was on it i was a recurring character recurring guest star um so no i didn't see anything other than base pay from union negotiated standard contract yeah <laughs> and, and nate's got you know this is the important question i'm gonna correct it for nate from an acting standpoint is there anything in your rider or from the craft table that must be there for you or that you always look for? <laughs> no, I, I'm not very high maintenance. I'm actually very easy. Um, but 
there's always delicious things on the craft table and I always go for the chocolate. Um, in fact, my thing is I treat myself, if I book a job, I go over to craft and I treat myself to something really junky, um, like Snickers or Reese's peanut butter cups or Kit Kats, just the junk. Like I just go over that. <laughs> that that's the kind of, they're on the craft table. Really? Yeah. See, oh I need, yeah. <laughs> I just, like I've always said to any of my guests that were up and coming or, or working on becoming an actor or maybe had an indie film. I always tell them all the same thing. I just need one red carpet trip. I want one. I want to be on the red carpet. One what? Time. You need bigger I, dreams. What? I'll bring you on a red carpet. <laughs> that is what, to me, that just seems like such the cool thing. Like, I, but I'm that guy that would be like, can you see who that is over there? Do you know No, we got to dream bigger than that, right? Like, like a huge trip to France or like all expense paid first class. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, see, France, France has my favorite. Oh. See, I told you we we're gonna make left turns. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, what? the best sandwich I've ever had. My favorite sandwich is, in, is in France. And what is it? There's a place called Toulon, France, where they make what they call the smash sandwich. Oh, uh, and it's delicious. A good French bread, whatever uh -huh. your protein is, chicken, burger, whatever it is. They put that, the lettuce, tomato, French fries. Oh. And then this like amazing French spicy mustard. And the sandwich has oh. got to be a good three, four inches. But then, then they, they smash it, in, it. Yeah. In a fret, in a, uh, a press, in a press, not a panini yeah. in a press. Oh. And, and when you're half in the bag and around, like you've been hitting the bar scene in this place. <laughs> so amazing. That's funny. So good. And you're down there in the city too, though. Are you still, do you still live in the city? Uh, no, I'm originally from New York and I visit once or twice a year, but I now live in Los Angeles. I was just there for Christmas. Always yeah. in any spots for you. Like when you, when you're back. Yeah. Um, like so West Ford street there, I don't know if it's still there. The, the black fat pussycat. <laughs> that is a great name. Yeah. The black fat pussycat. I used to love it cause they had karaoke. They also had like cool seats. So it was a great like picture taking place and. Here in LA, I like a place called Mr. Furley's on Ventura Boulevard in Sherman Oaks, but they exist in other places like Pasadena. I like a joint. Like, I like a place. I don't mean marijuana. I mean, like, a place that you can go and, like, sit in the dark and have a, just have a drink and not be recognized and just chill. And the bartenders are awesome. And the people are playing shuffleboard and playing darts and everyone's having a good time. That's what I like. I love that you went to shuffleboard. I'm a big, I enjoy shuffleboard. We had a shuffleboard table in the house growing up as a kid. Really? Oh, and I'm not good at it, but I like playing it. Yeah. yeah. I also like bowling. I like mini golf. You're, <laughs> like, you're, you're very into the leisure Olympics. Very into yeah. Leisure. I'm not an athlete at all, but I do take a mean dance class every now and then. <laughs> so, now, you've been doing acting for, for the, all these years, you, you know, successful, you, you know, your name is known. You're, you're probably getting, I would imagine you get calls. You have an agent that's getting this. Where do you make that shift to the acting school where you say, okay, I'm going to add this onto my plate also. Mm. What made you say, hey, this is what, what I'm going to do next? Yeah. Okay. So what ended up happening with me is it all coincided. I never set off to be an acting teacher. Um, work was just handed to me as a teacher and I was good at it. Great at it. In fact, I'll go ahead and pat myself on the back. And so work just kept coming as a teacher. And so one of the smartest choices I made as an actor was to separate my teaching from my acting. Um, though, though I talk about being a teacher now, 
I think I do it because I have confidence in my acting resume speaks for itself, but I never wanted my name associated with just teaching because my dream and passion was acting. Right. So you don't want a casting director to come across your name and be like, Oh, the teacher. Uh, I don't know if I want to bring her in for the role. No, I wanted people to purely see me as an actor. Yes. I taught, but just like every other actor that has a, a side hustle, Teaching was mine, you know, some people bartend, cocktail waitress, do whatever, cater, right? I did those too, um, but teaching was definitely my side hustle. And then it always just stuck because I loved it. And since the work kept coming and I never really found any conflict with maintaining my career and teaching some classes, I kept it going. And then it was about 2021 that I um, hit this wall where I couldn't take on any more clients because I was you know, you know, blessed and grateful to be busy, but um, it was overwhelming. So that's when I came out with my online series called Acting for True Beginners. And I specifically chose that demographic because most of the people that hit me up for lessons tend to be beginners. It's the biggest, of, of course, because what ends up happening is people realize this isn't easy. So not everyone advances to the intermediate or the advanced or the masters, right? So that those higher up levels are always going to be smaller, but the bigger pool is always the beginners, right? People who are an interest in this, um, like you mentioned earlier, sending your kids off because they're cute and they seem right. to have an interest in that thing. So, so I created the series so that people can get the fundamentals without necessarily being in a class with me privately. So they can watch my course, they get me, they get my personality, they get my use of vocabulary, they get my um, instruction. And then once they had a base, if they still wanted to learn with me privately, then I feel like we could have accelerated faster, Ooh. right? Because I think we spend too much time on the basics, repeating them in one-on-one. -on -one. So if you could repeat that on your own, because repetition proves mastery, right? If you could repeat that on your own, which is why this, it's set up as a subscription. So you keep it as long as you feel you need it and then cancel when you're ready, right? Um, then you can take one-on-one -on -one classes with me. But at that point, we're speaking the same language because you've learned my vocabulary. So Acting for True Beginner Beginners can be found on my website, Gloria Garayua. Now, with this, is there, you know, and, and again, we talked about movies, we talked about stage, we talked about TV and voice. Do you separate out any of those? Or for a beginner, is it really just... A basic yeah, style. no separating in the videos themselves, because the series is broken down into 17 individual lessons. I might, if it came up as an example, give an example of a differentiation between stage and theater, stage and uh, TV or film or commercials. But for the most part, it's fundamentals that um, goes across the board for all of them. Like how how do you uh, break up a scene? Script analysis. How do you decide what the character wants from the other person? Um, how do you make a tactic choice, uh, strategy, um, objectives, obstacles? How do you deal with dialogue, monologues? What's the difference between comedy and drama and how do you strategically approach it as an actor? Um, how do you do a substitute or a trigger for emotional life? Um, what are different techniques that you can use? So these are things that have to be learned. And you know, when someone gets that overnight success and they didn't study this, they still need some guidance. It's so rare that they're not sent to a coach. It's there. No one's going to invest that much money in them and put them on the big silver screen unless they've had some guidance. Right. Um, so they might have a certain look. There might be a certain thing about them that couldn't be found anywhere else. But 
I strongly believe that as an actor, you need to train. And the concept behind that is that you train and then you learn to let it go so that the residual effect is there on camera. And you're not overanalyzing every single action you're doing on every single line. You're, you've done the homework so that when you're on set, you can relax and really focus on your breath, focus on your scene partner, the circumstances, the environment, the relationship, your lines, your props, you're hitting the mark. There's so much that we have to do. You're juggling balls all the time as an actor. And so it's so important to study so that you can learn to calm down, focus on what needs to be focused on in that moment. We can't live in the next moment as an actor. And so many actors are constantly thinking about the next line. And it's just so obvious in their work. By the time you reach a point that you're comfortable being on set, you've put in thousands of hours through auditioning, through stage work, through all sorts of commercial auditions, through uh, so many things you, you have to, and it's evident in the work. When I meet a new actor, it's evident, right? Mm -hmm. But when I meet an actor who has experience, it's, it's obvious as well. You could tell in body language, you can tell behind the eyes, you can tell in cadence of the voice, you can, you can tell in maturity of how they speak about this uh, subject matter. So yeah, it's, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's funny you talked about breaking down the script. I always felt looking, at, and I've seen a couple of scripts, obviously nothing acting-wise other than acting a fool. That's about as far as I get. But <laughs> I, I've seen some of these scripts, and, you know, in our minds we think it says, Dick says this, Jane says that, Bob says this, Sue says that. There's so many footnotes and, and you know, yeah. things to describe the scene. Was yeah. that... I, I always felt like that would be the biggest challenge, like trying to understand the the writer's notes about, well, at this point you should feel like this, or you should be acting that way. How do you so that's determine that? the thing um, when you're a professional actor, no one's telling you any notes, right? Okay. They give you the script and you have to be smart enough to read the black and white and then add the color on your own. So they're hiring you because you're bringing something to that role that no one else could. Your whole backstory, your, your life, everything that led you to that point, the way that you um, ch choose technique, that makes you special. That's the reason they chose you. Um, so there's subtext. So I might read a script and I see the words the writer wrote, but I feel what the writer didn't write that my character's actually saying. Ooh, so you've got to learn character development. You've got to learn how to assess your character, how to find the parallels between you, the actor and the character and the distinctions and how to bring that person to life. So a character should be living and breathing. We should never feel that you're an actor's reciting or reading or, you know, really memorized so well that there's no room for improv, right? So you've got to be able to read a script, find the subtext, um, substitute it with your own life. And then once you're there and you've done all the homework that we learn in acting class, once you're there learning to throw it all away and just connect with the partner in front of you, see what they're giving you and respond, right? Acting is reacting. So you've got to learn to affect and be affected by. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's, there's a lot of nuance that, that's, that goes that's into script ever, work. That's more than mm. I ever would have thought with that. Yeah. You, you, well, you, we make it look easy. <laughs> you, it's true. Like, I mean, yeah. nobody, I can't think of anyone. And I think if somebody told me, oh, I've never thought 
every one of us at some point thought, well, I could do that. I could do that. Oh, yeah. Everyone thinks they can do that. That's why everyone thinks that, you know, they're going to join an acting class and succeed. And then that's why you see that the intermediate, advanced and master classes are lesser people because they give up. They give up. They realize it's too much of a commitment or too hard or too much money because you have to pay for acting classes and takes up too much time. And right. But I think that there are people that are meant to do this. And anyone who hasn't done it yet, but feel that they were meant to do it, you could do it at any time. I've coached some people that have full-time jobs that want to be actors and you, you make the time for the things you want, right? Absolutely. So you might study at night, you might audition for the plays on the weekend and then you book it and then you have to clear your schedule and then you realize this is what I want. I'm quitting my job. <laughs> now, you know, you kind of alluded to this now, at least I, I was picking up on it. You talked about making them living and breathing characters. Like they're all they're They're there. Yeah. How do you feel about some of these actors? You hear the stories, and, and I recently watched an interview with uh, another actor who was who uh, is I'm blanking on the name right now. Uh, Hispanic. I think actor. I know what you're going to ask, but the go big, on. Big tattoo on his chest. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, but he was talking about you know actors that get into this method acting, and, and I knew it. Method. There you go. You know, they're so in, in, immersed into the character. All right, I can talk on that. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? Look, meth. Okay, so I'm about to give your audience a crash course in acting. Crash okay? course. Here we go. Here, here's the thing. There was a man named Stanislavski who mixed psychology with acting, okay. and it was the first time it was seen on stage where a psyche was combined with words in a script. And as this teacher taught his pupils, and the pupils taught their pupils. We now filter down to famous names such as Stella Adler, Meisner. Um, it goes on and on. And method comes because it was the first method created to do acting. So it was a system in place for an actor to combine psychology with the words written in the, on the script. So it's not just presentational work, but rather introverted work propelled for an audience to be impacted by, right? So method today has this bad rap because people who, some people who do method take it too far. And then others who don't know what the heck they're doing, look at that and think it's ridiculous and think, look at that guy, he's nuts, don't do that. Method acting's crazy. You have to know when to turn it on and when to turn it off. You have to know how to use it. If you have the right teacher, you're learning the right way. So, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis is famous for being a method actor. Um, I respect method actors so much because it is so hard to stay committed to that level for as long as they do. Now, I sometimes choose to do method. It depends on the role. So my technique switches depending on how I'm connecting to something emotionally. When I did The Good Doctor, I connected so strongly to that character that I didn't need to do much because there were parallels in my life. There were immediate triggers. There were substitutions that I was using that I could drop into that character in a heartbeat. There are other characters that have walked a different path than I've walked. So I have to do some research. I have to interview some people. I have to write journal entries to feel like I'm getting into the psyche of that character. So some characters require a bit more work. That might be a perfect example of a character that I choose to do method with because letting it go might be too hard to get back in, right? 
So I think of, since we mentioned Daniel Day-Lewis, I think of uh, Lincoln when he played Lincoln. I can't imagine being on set and, uh, you know, playing your, a character in a different period of time. And then it's time for lunch and you're eating foods that didn't exist at that time or or people are speaking to you in, in a very modern way or you're taking a call from your agent on the phone. I can understand why I care, an actor might say, I want to create a separation. And let me tell you something. Those are the people that are winning Academy Awards, right? 100%. So Absolutely. instead of knocking them, we should be supporting them and encouraging them. Um, I had a boyfriend once that, you know, told me I cried too much. And I thought to myself, gosh, you know, encourage me because I'm an actor. Shouldn't, shouldn't my emotional channels be open? So the fact that I am open to crying means I'm a sensitive, compassionate human. Look at so you. Instead of, you know, making like fun you. of me, support me. I'm, we don't, we're not together anymore. <laughs> and that's why he's not, we're not anymore and we're okay. I love it. <laughs> there you go. I'm right there, big man, not here. Missed the boat. So, I mean, I, that really, you know, just hearing that, that, that brings up such a, a different thought pattern to it because I don't know if I've ever thought about method as, as a bad thing. I, I think like for me, I always think about Jim Carrey in over the moon when it, you know, he was that, uh, he was that, oh God, I can't think of the, the comedian's name right now, but there's a documentary about how wild. Oh, he uh, yes, I know what you're talking about. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't think of it either. Uh, and I, I mean, I can always think of the character from Taxi and everything else associated with it. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I mean, yeah. But, but it's definitely one of the, those type of things. And I can see where it would take a lot of effort to get effort. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So now the other side to this, now you've been, how, how many years have you been teaching for? So I've always taught as I've acted. So 20 something years. Yeah. And, years and I've done group format, private. Uh, I currently teach at a university. I don't want to mention the university, but I currently teach on camera and scene study. Yeah. Um, and I have my private clients and I still have a career. So yeah, <laughs> it's possible. And that's amazing. So, so all that... <laughs> All that that being said, um, not every, you know. Obviously, everyone can get to the seventeen courses. They're all on Gloria. Uh, Gary, um, you had that. I almost say, <laughs> I'm telling you, Google messed me all up, Gloria. Uh, GloriaGaryUa.com, G-A-R-A-Y-U-A.com. You can find her there. You you know you can see all the amazing stuff she's doing. You can see some of the videos from uh, walking into classes or on her IG at GloriaGaryUa on Instagram, you can see those things, but some people are going to say, well, I don't want to do online. So what are some of the, the things that you would say to someone that, Hey, if you don't want to take my classes and you just, you're dead set that you're going to go to an acting school in your community, what are some of the, the red flags is the term we like to use anymore for everything. What are some of the red flags that are out there? Or some of the warning signs that, that we need, we need to be prepared for. Gloria, I got to hold on a sec. My wife just came down. I got to show you something. Show uh, me. Wife, all right. And then uh, I have an answer for you. There you go, Gloria. Oh, baby. Oh, did you know animals are my soft spot? Well, this is our corgi. We just got him this week. This is Magnus Zeus Murphy. <laughs> oh, you, dog, I love that name. And you didn't realize I was on the good doctor because his name is Sean Murphy also. Oh, hello, baby. Welcome to the show. <laughs> yes. First time on camera. 
So my wife so had cute, a cute, so cute. Okay. Take, take it away. Mm. All right. So I, I love animals. Okay. What are some, so, of the, some of the things that, that you would say uh you know people should be really watchful for? So here's what I say. Take the in-person classes. Absolutely. The thing is, and I even put this on my website, my online course should not be a substitute for in-person classes. Why? As actors, we need the element of audience. Otherwise, you could be the best actor in your living room. Ain't nobody going to know it. I'm amazing. You, you need that. I think that's what makes an actor an actor. You can't just be, otherwise, I feel like you're just reciting stuff, right? Like, you need the performer. Again, I said effect versus being affected by, right? So you have to affect the audience and you're affected by the circumstances of the, of the play or show. And that's impacting people. So you need that aspect. So my course is just for those people who need a refresher, uh, those people who are just a bit too shy to jump into a class. But I strongly feel that once taking the course, 17 classes, lessons, you feel confident. And yes, you should jump into a class because what do you need in an acting class? You need to constantly be pushing different emotions, learning different emotions, learning different techniques, switching partners. Um, you need the aspect of uh, observation by uh, a teacher who's observing you objectively and offering you uh, constructive criticism or feedback or redirection. So you absolutely need that. You also need how to learn uh, body language and space. You know, most people who start acting talk with their heads and forget they have a lower body. You've got to get comfortable with your body, with your gestures, with your facial mannerisms, uh, your voice cadence. So that's why when you do study acting, you study voice and speech. You study movement for the actor. You might study uh, theater history. You might study on-camera technique because there's so much you have to learn. You might even go into specialties like stage combat or phonetics. There's so much that you can learn. So um, if you want to take a class, I would say jump into improv. Improv never goes away. Uh, you might take a small break from it, but the thing is you need freedom. You need to constantly stay sharp. You need to be... Um, you know, just never stale, right? Um, and improv isn't just for comedy. You can do dramatic scenes as well. You can learn short form and long form. But think of all the actors that have propelled careers off of improv, right? Stephen Colbert, Stephen Carell, um, uh, anyone on Saturday Night Live. And then, and then after that, you can go into the scripted work, right? And for that, you would need a scene study class where you learn script analysis, um, character development, but you also need relaxation technique. You have to learn how to calm the body because we come with baggage, right? I agree with that. So everyone that's learning acting is going to come to it from a different history. So you never know what happened to someone. And so their approach needs to be a little more different than someone else's approach, right? Um, acting teachers might need to come around and release tension in an actor. So they might say, hey, is it okay if I place my hand on you? Some people might say no, because we don't know what happened to that person, right? So that's why you want to go to a teacher that, number one, has a resume that supports why they're a teacher, but also someone that's kind, someone that's respectful, someone that uses words that you get. That's why not everyone vibes with specific teachers, because we vibe with different people, right? Um, for the most part, I, I've heard that people like me, because I treat everyone as individuals. So um, I don't have a cookie cutter way of teaching. Um, I can coach five different kids on the same audition, 
but my approach will be different because they're coming at me from different walks of life, right? And they're not all at the same level of expertise. So if I recognize something here that I didn't see here, my approach will be different. Yeah. That's, that's, that's <laughs> no, that, that, may, that makes sense. It, any dangers that, that might be out there when looking at these class that, that these teachers like. Well, that's, you asked about red flags. Yeah, um, red flags. Look, every, I don't, I, I don't know. I guess you're always going to pay for an acting class. You might want to shop around to compare classes that are too cheap are actually a red flag for me because, you know, these people are paying for what they're offering. Um, so I would shop around and if something is at a higher price point, I might want to ask myself why it's at a higher price point. It might actually be worth it. Maybe that particular teacher has 30 years of experience and has something specifically to teach me that the other person doesn't. Like maybe the other person is a working actor equally, but this one has maybe one year experience, whereas this one has 30. Right. So I might look at that. Um, location, safety of the neighborhood, um, the level of this. Yeah, no, we have to think about that, don't we? I mean, so many acting classes are in sketchy parts of Hollywood and you have to walk out with the partner they, to walk you to your car. And... <laughs> my, my acting class is in a trap house. I don't, I don't understand this. Like why, why, why do I walk into my five on it? Run. Uh, it shouldn't be in anyone's bedroom. That should not be where an acting class is being held. It should be a studio with proper lighting. If it's, if it's just a couch and a desk, that's not the right no, action. No, that's not the place. That's um, not what you're Other for. red flags is uh, the level of students in the room, right? Like if everyone there is better than you, that's good. You can learn from them. If everyone there is beginner, then you're in the wrong room. You know, you got to level up or go to a different studio that's going to challenge you. Um. As far as scams, I think there's less scams in the school world than there are in like the casting world. I would, you don't need to pay for an audition. Um, you just, you don't have to pay for an audition. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now, Brendan has an interesting question before we get ready to close up the bar here. And, and I, we're going to put you on a little bit of a spot for a moment. Oh, He's got a spot question here. You ready? Okay. Uh, no. I'd like to know <laughs> as an actor, what is your celebrity crush? And then I'm going to throw it out there and say, have you met this person? Throw me a challenge. Will you crushes? I got a list. Okay. So first, uh, Ryan Gosling is, yeah, one of my big ones right there. I mean, I'm oh a very heterosexual man and I understand that completely. Chris Evans is another one. Oh my God. Um, here's a weird one. Many, many years ago, I had a huge crush on Stanley Tucci. <laughs> and I really, I know he's an older actor now, but I um, had such a crush on him. I think it was because I saw him in a Devil Wears Prada and I was like, he's cute. You know, I don't know. And then I ended up booking this pilot that didn't get beyond three episodes, but I got to work with him and touch his face on camera. That was Oh, great. shit. That's great. There you uh, go. Brandon. You find out yeah. found out who the crushes were. How about um, and now? I just was I was looking on your IMDb. You got a couple of projects upcoming. We've got Linked by Love and Bad Water uh, coming up. Yeah. Where are we going to be able to find those? Uh, I know Bad Water is completed and we're in post production on Linked by Love. So where are we going to be able to find those at? If if the producers of Bad Water are listening, I want to know when is that coming out because we shot that in 2020, and oh, I wow. haven't heard a thing about that since. So that one I don't know. Um, Who do we need to wait? Tell us who we got to write to. We got to write to 
Felix, uh, get down, I'm blanking his last name, the director, but it's on my IMDb. Felix, where's Badwater? I mean, this is now, such a, the disappearance of a Native American schoolgirl. Yeah, it's interesting. Town where law and order don't always mean truth and justice. That just sounds amazing. Like I want to watch. It was. Yeah. And I played a district attorney, which I hadn't done before. I had played detectives and cops, but I had never played an attorney before. It was such a great role um, and beautifully shot. So I don't know about that one. What was the other one you asked about? Uh, the other one. That oh, linked, linked by love. Linked by love. That says it's in post-production right now. Yes. I, I spoke to the director the recently. We're having a premiere in February, I think he said. So I don't know where that will end up. That one's education-based. So I have a feeling that has a very strategic audience. But okay. then the other things that I currently have are Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which is an anime on Netflix. That's a huge series. I know. In fact, one of my students today was like, I checked out your IMDb and I can't believe you were on Cyberpunk. And I just thought to myself, I've done so many amazing things. And that's the one thing he picked on, which is a cartoon, which I didn't even like show my face. But okay. But I voiced the role of Gloria and it has a huge following. So it, it really, exciting. I was, we go to, my best friend and I go to NYCC, New York City Comic Con every year. I yeah. do not miss it. And there were cyberpunk stuff all over yeah, the place. Yeah. like it and i'm see i'm old in that way and, and i won't say old because you and you and i are of the same generation uh i'm yeah we are. i'm 76 I, i'm 76 and i'll just put it there okay yeah. okay so he means 1976 y'all not, <laughs> not, not 76 years old 1976 yeah. so you know we're we're in that same wheelhouse you know we we, yeah, under, we are yeah. in that and, and i'll tell you go in to comic con it was all anime stuff yeah that world and we went and did i'm up in albany new york and we went to saratoga for their show and walked around with my my one of my sons and every other thing he was like dad that's yeah 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 da, 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 da. and i'm like I, I don't don't know it <laughs> never never heard of it and somebody's like then like one of the guys who classic comic book guy would say something and i'd be like so let me go ahead and tell you all about it. Explain <laughs> everything about it that I know. You're good at that. I'm good with it then. So we've got these projects coming up. We're we're gonna all beat up uh, the producers and figure out, write them all kinds of letters. Why are you holding up Gloria's projects? Hey, what's going on? What's yeah, and I I just booked a new um, recurring character on a show called Blippy Wonders, which is a, a children's programming, which is honestly I, one I of my know, I know dreams. Blippy. Yeah, so I just booked Babel, the character Babel, that hasn't aired yet. Um, oh. Super fun, and um, 911 Los Angeles was my most recent on-camera booking, so. All that. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's it. Well, did you ever, because again, we're of that, that, do you remember the original uh, 911? No. <laughs> that Wait used a second. To be You're a little older than me, though. <laughs> I'm. Just because I, 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 just because you I'm said, 10, it. I'm ten years older than Gloria. I'm ten years. Old. No, he's well. Okay, yes, 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 yes. He is. You heard it here yes, first, folks. You heard it. You heard but, it. but I'll, I'll tell you, um, that is definitely there was an original TV series. That's actually a remake of a of a uh, of a TV series. Oh, I didn't know that. I know that there's a Texas one, Lone Ranger. Lone, excuse me, Lone Star. Texas <laughs> Lone yep. Ranger. Yeah, there was uh nine one nine one one was was an LA based show where it was it was like a parallel for chips. Oh like where yeah. chips was the, the highway patrol. Yeah. These guys were were the emergency service guys. Oh, okay. And um, I always remember the show because it started with that 
firehouse alarm that burn, burn, burn. that's how the okay. show yeah. You know, I've now worked on two shows that Angela Bassett stars on, and yet I haven't had a scene with her. What's up with that? So the other one was ER, and this was when George Clooney was still on it, and Angela was on it, and I didn't get to work with them. What's I don't up know with- what's up with that, but I really love her. I love her. Yeah, oh, she's amazing. <laughs> I mean, she's she's in that that realm. Uh, Nate's re- I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but Nate's ready to send you uh, – he can send you – uh, a haunted send send the producer a haunted doll. Oh I'm, gosh, you're gonna threaten him with a hunt. Do it, do it, whatever it takes to get my projects going. So <laughs> Nate, Nate just got one uh para, paraflex with uh Patty Negri. He's he's getting on her now. Oh Patty, oh yeah, we have the same publicist. Yes, and uh, <laughs> well, that's how he met Patty was through me because Patty was on here, and uh, oh cool, yeah, and, yeah. So well. You've got so much going on, folks. Again, bl- go check out Gloria. Uh, go see what she's got going on. Go check her IG out. Go download all 17 courses twice. You should have at least two subscriptions one for you and one for your acting personality. Each one of them needs their own course. So make sure you're downloading at least two of those. Get out there. Go see what Gloria's got going. Go back into her IMDb and make sure you rewatch everything she's done. So it pushes the ratings up for her. So they send even more residuals her way. That way it's all going and it's all happening. And then one day she'll invite me to the red carpet. Yes, I will, Sean. You heard it here first. Look, it's official. I'll get a red carpet moment. I always need a plus one. I I am. That is my, I, you think I'm kidding. Like my one son, I really thought my one son was going to enjoy it. He did. And I'm that parent. I had one of my son's, our church uh, does, it's called King's Kids, and um, they did great stuff. They were doing, like, the Dr. Seuss and a, a bunch of other things, and I really thought he was going to stick with the acting piece, and I always used to tell him, when you make it big, that's Dad's only one request. I get to go on the red carpet and go to a legit Hollywood party. That's my one request. And that's was- not hard. Um, and you know what? As long as I've worked in L.A. as an actress, I've not worked in New York enough as an actress. Lots of theater when I first started, but I want to go back and do some more TV film stuff. And if I can get myself a red carpet in New York, you could be my plus one. Uh, it's a deal. I think my wife would, would completely allow that. We have I, to ask your wife. Oh, my God. <laughs> she would complete. Well, you know where they're all you know where they're uh, doing all the filming now in New York. You know where in the all, Bronx, Albany, no. Albany. No. <laughs> Um, I Albany heard there's a huge is, studio in the Bronx. Well, there probably is, but Albany has gotten huge. Like um, Gilded Age. That was uh, not a fair. I love that, that show. In, Gilded Age is done in Troy. They still record over there. Harrison Ford just finished one in Albany on the Albany side of the river. And oh. uh, even I think the first one that really kind of rebirthed a lot of it was Salt. Because Salt with uh, Angelina oh. Jolie. Uh-huh was supposedly Seattle. It was Albany and they just pinned that shit. You know, that happens all the time and people shouldn't know. I mean, if they shot it right, people shouldn't know unless they Googled it. People around here only knew because we knew what the, what the highway looked like at that. Yeah. Cause they were filming. Yeah. (laughs) I know that exit ramp right there. That ain't, that ain't where you say it's at. So, well, we're going to get ready to close things up. Uh, as I said, Gloria Garayua dot com, IG Gloria Garayua, G A R A Y U A. Make sure you're you're giving her a follow. Make sure you're giving her a like. Make sure you're doing all those kind of things. 
as we always say, we need to support those that support us. That's the only way we all get bigger. I'm trying to get at Gloria's level. That's what I'm talking about. You know, I'm trying to blow up like Gloria here. You know, so you got you're you're doing a great job. I mean, I was very impressed with your behind the scenes grind, uh, you know, all of your postings and you really got your game together. I, I think that's I awesome. appreciate that. I, yeah. Look, I, I, I was legit when you sent me that message. We we were geeking out on each other a little bit beforehand. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, we were. And, yeah. And because and, I think it's what you, you do in, in these worlds. And, and I look, I you you and cash and really everyone that deals with uh linda linda lisa 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 yeah. everyone that lisa brings to me mm -hmm. that's my yeah. is so amazing so oh, good. I, I put things out she always communicates back so so quick to me and if i send her something and i'm like if i put so, a post out she she'll share it she shared today's stuff and created things yeah. She is yeah. so good about Well, that. you know how I met Lisa? I used to teach her son. Oh, no shit. <laughs> and um, I direct, I used to direct showcases for kids to get agents and managers and representation. And so Jax, her son, was 10 years old when I met him. He was the cutest kid ever. And, uh, you know, there are some families that you just bond with. And Lisa and Jax were definitely one of those. And I have, I'm very lucky I have clients that stay with me for a while and then even if they stop taking classes with me, we become friends um, because, you know, I, I'm in their lives for so long. That's and if so they're cool people, I want them in my circle. That's it. So and look, folks, if you're finding Gloria through us, as I said, make sure you give her IG a follow. Make sure you go look her up. She even got a LinkedIn. I'm going to tell you, she got a LinkedIn. <laughs> Not active on it, but yes, I do have a LinkedIn. If you're, if you're like a business uh. professional like I am, believe it or not. You, you'll go find them one. I LinkedIn. saw your request. I have to hit accept. <laughs> I just never get on there. I have, look, you, some people have two IG pages. I'm the guy who has two LinkedIn pages. Actually, like, that reminds me. I do have an acting for true beginners on Instagram. If people could give a like there, that'd be nice. Um, and any changes in it or is it straightforward acting for, acting true, beginners? for true beginners? Yep. No, no underscores just all together. <laughs> um, and of course I have a Facebook. It's always helpful when people like in all those places. Um, like 14 1200 followers or 1400 i don't followers. think it has a lot i i feel like i'm more active on instagram to be honest um you know the kids are into snapchat and tiktok and i just can't get into those just yet but it's tough i'll have to tell you about one that i really like um have you checked out wisdom yet no so wisdom is one that they sent me a thing because uh -huh. i like to run my jibs and what i like about it is um people can go on there and folks, if you if you have the wisdom app, please come follow me. But uh, they'll ask you questions, so people can ask you a question, or they post a question every Wednesday, mm -hmm. and you give a one minute answer to the question, and oh. you can post it on your Instagram, post it there, post it wherever you need. I'll write that down. Wisdom. Wisdom. I, I have to see if I can. I'll figure out a way I can send you. Spell the regular way. Yeah. Uh, okay. Wisdom app. It's. Uh, I, I'll tell you, it's one that got sent to me. You know, and they sent it in the normal way, where they're like. Join wisdom and you'll make, you know, all this, you know, fake money and blah, 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 and all these other things. And I'm like, no, thank you. Uh, but, like, <laughs> you know, I also well wanted to tell you, um, if your followers want to learn from me, they could direct message me on IG. I, I try to be good on checking there. And I give my email out freely. So it's Gloria Gary, you at Gmail. So you guys can write me there and request services. Um, 
my Gmail is probably going to blow up in a second. <laughs> it happened to me once before where I put it on a podcast and then I had like a thousand messages the next day. Oh my goodness. Well, what I'm telling you, Gloria Garayua, go check Gloria out. She is amazing. Um, maybe if I can someday find a box set for snowfall, I'm going to send it to her. So she, can I mean, I love snowfall. I'm so addicted to that show. You it know, is- I haven't really watched that. I do a lot of jobs that I don't know the You're, show. But, but, well, you know, that's a God, that's but a I whole other show. Getting thing, into, like, yeah. Do you watch your, you know, that's always the question. You know, I, I watch myself just to make sure I didn't suck. And then <laughs> that's about it. I think that like, like I don't ever sit and listen to my whole podcast. I, I've, I've tried. It's just a time thing to me. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. I was there. I know what I said, but I listen to it. Cause I want to make sure I don't sound ridiculous. Yeah. But I think sometimes it's very pretentious when people are like, I don't listen to, I don't watch my own movies. I've already done that and I've been there and that's not yeah. me. Like, I it's, can't. I'm like, I watch my stuff. I just want to make sure I'm learning and growing from my right. previous work. But and yeah, like, but I don't know. keep watching the series. It's it's you impossible know, to do everything. <laughs> it, well, I, I think you're doing an amazing job and we definitely are digging it here. Again, folks, GloriaGaraYua.com. IG is GloriaGaraYua. If you're finding us through Gloria, if, you, if you're if you out there looking and you found us through Gloria, make sure you're giving us that five-star one off LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever it is you're using. I don't know all the different ones, especially <laughs> if you're listening to the audio. That five-star rating on Apple or Spotify, I cannot explain to you enough what that means to us as a show, how that affects us. The more five stars we get, the more people find us, those folks that maybe they're up and coming. As we know, this show is all about who are you, what are you doing, what makes you great. That person who wrote a book that maybe they didn't get a lot of publishing out of it, you giving five stars to this show has other people find our show, has other people find their work, has them enjoy it. I have to introduce you to uh, Pat. That's somebody I got to introduce you, Patrick W. Stewart or Patrick W. Cutler. Patrick is, he did a a horror movie called uh, Redgate independent out of montana it's phenomenal it's so much fun like all i can tell you is like the 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 killers that it was so good that when the when it was over my wife and i watched the copy he sent to us like we had a special digital copy i'm like dude your killers were of this group and he goes no i'm like yes he goes no they weren't those people i'm like bro i'm telling you i watched (laughs) this and he goes bro i never picked up on that and it was the way they were dressed, like a particular oh. organ, a particular group of people who ride horse and buggies in America. Oh, I know. Yeah. And, and they weren't. He was like, they're not that. I was like, yes, they are. So guess what they are now? <laughs> because you branded it so I, nice. <laughs> and and that's, that's on Paraflix. But you would you would love him. He's he's a good dude. What but is yeah, that on? Paraflix? Paraflix. Paraflix is uh, Patty's. Uh, that's Patty's uh, network. She's got her own, like, it's all um, horror movies and stuff. Oh. Like, Great. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, Patty. Good for her. Yeah, yeah. He's got that whole uh, Paraflix network. If you like all the horror stuff. I do. Redgate. Okay. Redgate's very good. It's it's interesting. Okay. Like stick. It's one of those ones where at first I thought it was two movies and he's doing a second one. He's actually getting picked. A, uh, History Channel's looking to pick him up because of what this is. The movie was about. Okay. History Channel is talking about making a series out of it. Like. Oh, nice. It's uh, I like horror movies. I want to do one horror movie before I die, and I want to do a, a rom com. 
Okay. Um, I would really like that actually because I've never gotten that. Uh, any, or horror. Horror, any horror directors like Clive Barker or Rob Zombie, anybody oh, like that? I don't. Like, I don't know which. I don't know any of them. Which well, one you know, I Rob Zombie for? is the, the band. You know, the Rob Zombie. I'll look the him singer, up right now. The, the singer oh, no, Rob the, Zombie. No. He's the one that redid all the uh, Halloween movies not long oh, ago. And, okay. And, um, what was the one he did? Like a, a thousand ways to die or 10,000 something or, or something bodies or something like, I don't remember what it was. Okay. But Rob Zombie's uh, a great one, but Clive Barker is the classic writer horror movie. Okay. Huh. Let Barker. me hit him up. <laughs> I, I like all the insidious ones. I love that. I love like paranormal stuff. <laughs> you don't I, like that. So I, you like, like blood. No, horror? it's not that I don't like them. I can't watch them. You get scared. Oh, I'm a I'm a grown man. Did 20 years in the Marine Corps. You put those movies on, especially those scenes where it's like just a black and white, nothing is going on, and all of a sudden you see like a, the bottom <laughs> of a curtain move, and you're, it, it could have been just the air kicking on in the house, <laughs> but the bottom of that curtain moves, and I'm uh -huh. like, oh, cut this shit uh, off. Right yeah, here. I know. I can't watch them alone. I have a, a buddy, you know, to watch them with. Otherwise. I have bad dreams. My wife turns them on in the in the uh during the day. She's like, if I'm home, we'll watch them at night. But if I'm not home, she won't watch it. But she'll watch it at like noon or one o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah, not at night. Yeah, before she's you go like, to bed. I'm, yeah, she's like, I'm not putting this on at night. I'll just watch it at one o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, and then <laughs> I don't care because then I got other stuff to do. Yep. Yep. I, you, you I, Gloria, I gotta tell you, you've been a blast. We we welcome you back at the bar. Anytime. I should have had a drink this whole time, but I, you know, you gotta you know, next time. I forgot. I had next water. Time. Okay, next well, time. What did you have? A whiskey? <laughs> yeah, I so normally I, I have this. It's an Albany uh company called uh New Scotland Spirits. We've had them on great dudes, but today it was uh blackened. blackened. It's uh this is uh the uh one of the members of Metallica is part of this one. Oh, and okay. They, they were having a tasting and I was like, ah, I'll try it. it. It's a decent straight whiskey, but I've gotten really into rye. If you've never had a good rye whiskey. Oh, um, I don't know the difference. So I'll have to try it. You know what? It's, it's like any of those kind of things where, you know, rye is a grain and it's actually, you should only drink rye because it's a New York grain. Oh, and there's a city called rye <laughs> in New York. <laughs> But it's a it's a it's a New York grain, and they actually now like you have Kentucky bourbon. They uh -huh. actually have now branded Empire Rye, which means it's meets certain parameters within okay. New York to be considered an Empire Rye. Oh, okay, and all right. It, you know what? The one that my friends make tastes like summertime. It's got a real leathery baseball glove kind of smell to it. It tastes like <laughs> summertime. It's so that that was such a visceral response from you. Like I, I never played baseball, so I would not have had that connection. <laughs> but I love how you were like summertime. It, it really is like this is like fresh baseball glove. <laughs> it's definitely there. So to so, me, it would be a leather jacket in the there you fall. Go. There you go. <laughs> okay. it, it could be a fall. It could be a fall whiskey for you. Well, you got to okay. bring yourself up. I, I think if you ever make your your way up here to Smallbany, let us know. What my where are you, Albany? Albany. Small, okay, Albany. Albany. Okay. I'm in, I'm actually in Troy, but we call okay. it everybody. No way, you know, unless you're from here, it's like it's like saying, Well, I live in center Brunswick. Where the hell is that? Yeah, 
Okay, if I find myself there for sure. Otherwise, just come into Manhattan and we'll hang out there. <laughs> I just, I, I, oh, but we got to go to K-Town. Can we go to K-Town? K-Town uh, in Manhattan? Or do you uh, mean LA? No, K-Town in, in uh, just up from uh, uh, Penn Station off of 6th. Okay, what is this, a bar? No, K-Town is uh, Koreatown. There's there. a Koreatown? I've not been to this. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right, okay. So, we'll like, go to K-Town. K-Town. <laughs> Go up all the little, all the little shops are on there. Um, up at the top. Which Where is, is this? So, so if you go, if you come, God, folks, we're still going. Uh, so come out of Penn Station. Uh -huh. Keep walking up past. Uh, and you're probably not going to know this place. There's a place called R Cafe, which is stands for Rail Cafe. It's a, it's kind of a neat place where they have a buffet in the middle, but all around the outside edge. You can get individual rest, uh, culinary foods like from different countries. Oh. Uh, going up, and you get on the sixth, and it's called K Town. And they're all just it's weird because it's all Korean food. Almost every single shop is Korean of some sort. That's the only place I know of in the city that has a, a BBQ, which is a Korean fried chicken, which is amazing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've done it here in LA, but I've never done it in New York. So yeah, we can try that. <laughs> this is the silliest part of it all. At the end of the block, there's one shop that's not Korean and does the best ramen I've ever had. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Now, now we all know what you're getting for Christmas from your followers is oh, Korean God. barbecue gift certificates. <laughs> I do. Like, I'm so addicted to to Korean like that to me like from a fried chicken like other country standpoint like obviously southern fried chicken you can't beat it Bojang. oh yeah I mean if you're in in the south you gotta have yeah. the fried chicken and all the the barbecue sauce and but yeah. but, but the Korea and I guess the Koreans their whole thing came from the Korean War Amer Americans coming to mm -hmm. Korea during the Korean War and bringing that with them and the Koreans being like, well, we can make this and we can do it our way. So they, they do it their way and they put a, uh, like a sticky sauce on it. Mm -hmm. so Delicious. Yeah. Good. All right. All right. There's a person <laughs> that lives in my soul. That's just going to keep talking about food. <laughs> I know you have hundreds and hundreds of fans beating down your door right now, waiting for you. With Hopefully we'll see. Bated breath. So again, folks, make sure if you, you go and find Gloria, uh, on her IG, Gary Yua, G-A-R-A-Y-U-A. -A -A. Make sure you go find Gloria. She's laughing at me because I keep saying it over and over because I got messed up beforehand. Okay. Gary Yua, Gary Yua. You redeemed yourself. I've redeemed myself. So make sure you find her, find her there. And if you're finding us through Gloria, make sure you give us a like and a follow. We do this every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Twitch. Next week is Doug Dreyer. He comes on every three months. We talk collecting. If you're a collector, that's a great show. He's out your way. He's in California, uh, San Diego. Oh, hey, Doug. West Coast. <laughs> uh, collected everything from baseball to at one point in time, he owned the original sketches of King Tutankhamun's tomb where, by the actual archaeologists that found it. He owned those original oh pencil drawings okay. he knows collecting so we always talk collecting and now he does breakers you know what a breaker is that's a cool thing like a circuit breaker no the <laughs> breakers are these, these blind boxes where people do like games and all kinds of stuff you put in money 
and you could end up with all kind. You know, it might be nothing in there, or it could be expensive, very autograph stuff. I ended up with a Jerry uh, Jerry Rice signed uh, jersey fabric that he signed from a jersey he wore. Oh, that's cool. So you take a risk and see what you get. So it's fun. Yeah. Right. It's gambling, cool. but you still end up with something when it's something. all fun. Well, that's cool. But, all right. Oh, look at this. Todd, Todd uh, Wharton. I'm not sure who Todd is. Uh, FaceTime with Todd. <laughs> Gloria is amazing and talented. Todd, I absolutely agree with you. She is Thank you, Todd. That's so sweet. Todd interviewed me once. <laughs> well, well, Todd, Todd, hit me up. Maybe you and I will interview each other. I'm always looking for, for people. So Hey. Now, now, don't log off on me. I got to talk to you about one thing e afterwards, and then then I'll re right. release I you to a run a conversation. Okay. Um, and thanks okay. to Nathan who was asking questions and Brendan. I heard Brendan, yes. Um, Thank you for that. We appreciate it. Now we do have one other rule that I didn't tell you about before the the show that I always keep to myself. You got to listen to shows to know this one. The guest always gets the last word. So, what's the final word, Gloria? Ah, um, let's have a drink and celebrate life. Alrighty, folks, be sure to put your stool in. <laughs> this has been an Earplug Podcast presentation found on EarplugPodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found.